Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away. Whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoy Lean. DeCam says, give me that. A pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way. Bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around. Corner, pocket, cash for Lund. They are red hot right now in UMAC play, winners of their last six contests heading into this very important weekend at home. So pleased to once more welcome onto the pod the head women's basketball coach of the Minnesota Morris Cougars, Tim Grove. Coach, how have you been? And thanks so much for joining us again. Guys, thanks for having me back. It, uh, I've been great, and uh, I've been a, as you guys know, a, a uh, consistent listener, and I appreciate the stuff you guys put out. It's been a lot of fun. Well, it's good to have you back, Coach. Last time that uh, we chatted with you was at the end of October. We hadn't even started games yet going into the season. There was a lot of speculation, and obviously we know a lot more now, and we're going to work into the present where we are now in the month of February, and like I said, the big weekend coming up. But before we do that, if we were to take you back to December where your club you know, is going through a tough stretch in non-conference and then into the start of UMAC play. I mean, you guys played a gauntlet like you normally do. You schedule really, really tough to prepare your club for what's going to be ahead. If I told you on, you know, December 15th, December 20th, leading up to Christmas time that your club, when we start February, is going to be 5-3 and three in UMAC play, you will have won your last six contests. What would you say to that? And take us back to that you know, moment in December and maybe if there's a spot where you think, all right, we started to turn the corner at this point. Yeah, a lot there. I think um, the first thing you mentioned, yeah, our non-conference schedule was absolutely brutal. And um, some of that is by design, as I've consistently done here. And some of it is just you play who you're able to play, right? And and so um, we do put ourselves through a, a very tough non-conference schedule. And I think it does help us. And so that's part of it. Even when we went out to California, we ended up playing two ranked teams out there, which uh, at the time when I scheduled the trip, I didn't realize we were going to have the gauntlet that we did out there as well. Um, but I think it was just the, the consistency of losing was really, really difficult. Um, and something that uh, we haven't faced here in our program, um, thankfully, consistently. And so it, it, what, what losing makes you do though as a as a coach um, for coach Lou and I is is you know coaches are are consistently evaluating what they're doing anyway um, but I think you do that a lot more harshly when you're losing um, you know I, I think I think the what we went through and and how we were looking at ourselves was probably different than say what Aaron call is doing you know on their on their win streak and, and being eight and0 in the league play. Um, no doubt he continues to evaluate his team, but I think losing really forces you to look at absolutely everything you're doing and really question, are we really putting our athletes in the best position to be successful? Are we doing um, all the things that we need to be doing? And you look at everything. You look at practices. You look at um, 
game plans, you look at uh, lineups, you look at matchups, you look at absolutely everything when you're losing. And uh, it, it really forces you to um, evaluate where you are uh, and where you want to go. And so to get back to your, your question, what would I have said uh, at that time? Had you told me we'd be where we are now, I'd say, fantastic, bring it, because um, that's where we want to get to. And the, the losses at North Central and at Northwestern back, boy, it seems like a long time ago now, that second weekend in December, um, we didn't feel those were bad losses at the time because we know, knew those would be two really good teams. Uh, and then to come off Christmas break and to go lose at Crown, um, who we knew they were going to be a good team as well, but I think that really put a determination into our group um, that uh, really made us, I think, refocus all over again. And that's, this is not a slight on Crown at all. Very good team, very well coached. Bridge is doing a fantastic job with his, with his players. Um, but I think that, that really forced us to, to kind of go back and really look at things all over again. So um, again, had you told me at that time, what my reaction would be if I know we'd be right now where we are. Uh, all good. All good for sure. Coach, first off, great to have you back on. Uh, happy to be chatting with you. Hope everything's going well. And, you know, you kind of touched on what I want to ask as well and get into. So you, you looked at it from the coaching perspective of, you know, how the season started and how conference play started. From your players' perspective, do you think, and again, it's never good when you lose games, but in the grand scheme of things, getting off to the start that you did in conference play in the long run, do you think that was maybe uh, not the best thing that could have happened to you, but certainly not a bad thing by any means either? Not that they needed a wake-up call by any means, but it, it really seems like uh, that got their attention and it's been a completely different team since that happened. Yeah, I think, I think the way I would probably categorize things is um, it has really made us play with a sense of urgency each and every game. Uh, when you start 0-3 and you have the goals and aspirations that we do, um, every game from there on out is ultra important because um, no longer are we necessarily thinking about fighting for a conference championship. We're thinking about fighting for a spot in the playoffs, you know, and, and um, that is, is never a guarantee. When, when only the top four teams go, well, you need to qualify for that. And, and starting out 0-3 is a difficult spot to start. Again, those were three losses on the road to three pretty good basketball teams. Um, so all in all, they weren't bad losses. Uh, but again, I think what it did for us was really create a sense of urgency for every single game that we play for here on out. Because um, we went into that, that first home weekend for us uh, when we were 0-3, we had we had Northland and Superior coming in. And we just played with such a determination that weekend uh, that it was so much fun. And then we went on the road, went to Bethany and went to Martin Luther. And again, we had that same kind of sense of desperation and urgency, which is just such a, a fun way to, to see a team respond. Um, and then had an opportunity last weekend to come back and, and kind of avenge the loss against against a really good crown team. So um, I guess, again, the way I would describe it is just really a, a sense of urgency for us and, and put us kind of in a, in a sense of desperation type mode, and the team has truly responded to that. 
Coach, you talk about desperation and determination as being, you know, key things that you've seen from your club over this stretch where you guys have won six straight. And as UMAC fans, you look back and we say, not only are you winning, you're doing it at home, you're doing it on the road, and you're doing it by double figures. And you talk about, as a coach, what you've seen in this stretch. But now maybe getting into more of the nuts and bolts, not to give away, you know, your, your playbook and what you look to do f- moving forward, but schematically and basketball wise has there been something glaring whether it be about your defense or shot selection or what you're doing to defend the three-point shot whatever it may be is there something along those lines that sticks out over this last stretch of ball games that you guys have been able to do specifically in UMAC play that has made a difference sure and, and I'm not worried about giving any secrets away I mean teams can watch every game we've played and and tell you exactly what we're doing and so I'm not worried about that piece I think you know the 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 number one thing I think is important to realize is that we are, you know, you, you hear coaches talk about, oh, we're a different team now than we were before. I can say that literally we are a different team now than we were in December when we played this, these teams the first time. Um, at that time, that was the first game back. The game uh, at Northwestern that Friday night um, was, I guess we were at North Central on the Friday night. Um, but that was the first game back for uh, Ella Van Kempen. She had been out for four weeks with Mono just before that. So she had come back, she had been out for four weeks, mono, coming back, that was her first competition after a a few days of of practice. And so she was not the same player. Lexus Red Thunder was still not playing for us. She had not been cleared from her knee injury. Um, So those are just a couple examples of us literally being a different team now than we were at that time. Um, But above the personnel things, I think what we've been able to do better uh, at least through this this winning streak that we've had, is I think our bench production has been really good. Um, yeah, our our starters have continued to do well, and and it seems to be um, kind of a a different hero every night. You know, sometimes it's Mallory Anderson, sometimes it's Jay Quate. The other night it was Ella Van Kempen that led us in scoring. Haley Walschlager has been Player of the Week and has done some really really good things for us. So it's it seems to be somebody different each time out. Um, and I think along with that is our bench production has been, I think, a key to this. Um, you guys have talked about it on, on your podcast. Turnovers have been a huge issue for us. The last few games, that has been better. Um, we had 12 against Crown. Uh, over the weekend, we had nine against Martin Luther uh, the game before. So that is trending in the right direction. And I think just it, those things along with improving things in the rebounding category, things that we can control is, are the things that we try to focus on. Um, and yeah, defensively, we've been pretty doggone good. Um, you know, we, with the Crown game on Saturday, you know, you look at uh, three weeks ago when we played Crown, Hecox lit us up for 28 points in that game. And we held her to, I don't know, if it was either four or six points here on Saturday. So I think it's, it's a combination of um, kind of that sense of desperation that I already talked about, but then also just kind of a, a refocus on making sure that we're doing everything we need to do defensively uh, in order to be as good as we can be. Coach, when you look at this weekend, and I mean, even just starting off right away Friday night, you get to take on Northwestern. I mean, these are the kind of weekends, this is why you coach, right? These kind of games, these kind of showdowns. I mean, what what a slate you have these next couple of days. What do you have to do to have success? And do you try and make sure it doesn't become bigger than just another game? You know what I mean? You, you don't want to make it bigger than it is already. Or do you take a different approach to that? I mean, I know a lot of coaches, that's the way they look at it. 
Yeah, no, we, we certainly don't make it bigger, bigger than it is. You know, uh, uh, two wins for us this weekend don't make us conference champions. Two losses this weekend don't take us out of the tournament. So it's, we, we, we truly, and every coach said this, it says this, Bridgeport said it when he was on last week, we take it one game at a time. And it, it's just one of those things that, yes, coaches say, but coaches also believe in it. Um, we, we take it a day at a time. Today was about today's practice, and tomorrow's going to be about tomorrow's practice. And when Friday rolls around, then it's going to be about, okay, how well can we play against a fantastic basketball team in Northwestern? You know, can we, can we take them out of a couple things that they want to do and force them into to plan B, C, or D? And then can we make things happen um, on our offensive end when they're trying to take us out of our plan A and plan B? You know, so um, it's, just, it's just one of those things where uh, we do look at things that way and we're not going to make it bigger than it is. Yes, we are absolutely looking forward to the challenge. Um, we were excited to see that, that Northwestern uh, won last weekend, so, they came, they, so they'll be coming in here without a loss. We're excited about that. We're excited about the opportunity. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's how we look at things. This is an opportunity for us to go out and play a really, really good basketball team, and we have them on our home floor. And uh, we're going to do the absolute very best we can. And if that, re that ends in a, in a winning result, fantastic. And if it doesn't, well, then we'll lace them up and we'll try it again on Saturday. So, um, no, we're not making it bigger than it is. Take it one, one game at a time and just looking forward to the opportunities that we have coming this weekend. Coach, I want to circle back to that matchup with your buddy, Coach Call, on Friday night and then the one uh, with North Central on Saturday in a moment. But for just a moment, I want to take you – off the floor, we've done a couple of these fun things with you in the past, and I know in a past conversation you've talked about how involved you are with all Morris athletics. I mean, your brother's coaching on the men's side of things, and then, you know, in your kids' lives, being a coach on that end as, as well. But could you put on your, your fan cap for us? And if it's not Minnesota Morris affiliated, it's not one of your kids' squads, is there a squad like a Minnesota professional sports team or someone else that you ride for that it's each and every Sunday if it's the Vikings or during the summer if it's with the Twins what what is your squad if you were riding with one club and it was you're a diehard fan for for X squad who, who would that be you know that is a great question and I'm sure most sports fans as I am have that answer for you um, I really don't I don't have that that uh, team that just keeps me up at night um, I am a Minnesota kid. I do cheer for the Minnesota teams. Um, I guess the, the Minnesota Gophers would be probably as, as close as, as you would get to uh, that kind of answer from me, um, whether it's football during the football season or, or basketball during the basketball season. Yes, I enjoy the, the struggling with the Vikings, as all of us uh, Vikings fans do. Um, same with the Twins. You know, uh, I, I watch very little Timberwolves. I will admit that, even though I'm a I'm a fan. It's just the winter is just so so busy. Um, I really almost never have time to sit down and watch a, a Timberwolves game. Um, so there there really isn't that one team out there that I just uh, agonize over because we we get enough agony just being Minnesota sports fans. So uh, as as boring as that answer is, that's that's what I can tell you. We. We, um, uh, my family and I, we we do enjoy the the Minnesota sports fans, and 
and I've already warned my kids, it's a tough life. It's a tough life being a, being a, being a sports fan of, of us Minnesota teams, but um, that's what we've got. Well, I, I give you credit real quick, Coach, for, for raising them that way because so many people say, ah, let's let's take the easy way out of it and let's go some <laughs> other direction. No, I mean, why didn't I say it's it's going to be fantastic when the Twins get back to that place. I mean, he and I feel like for our lifetime they really haven't even won a playoff game. It's been, whatever, 2002-03 since they last did. And the Vikings, <laughs> they're going to do it hopefully one day. So I uh, hope I'll so. just leave it there. I could go a number of different directions, but uh, appreciate some insight on that. You bet. Yeah, so, Coach, you actually brought something up uh, on the previous question that I want to get into. You said you were happy or you're good, to, glad to see Northwestern still undefeated because that's the way you want it. You want to get the first crack at, at sure. knocking them off. It reminded me of a quote from Charlie Wise at Notre Dame when they were going to play USC. They wanted them to be undefeated for that game. That was in one of my favorite 30 for 30s. Are you a 30 for 30 guy yourself? Do you have a favorite one? And also with that, is it survive and advance? Is that the mindset when the tournament rolls around? Because that's another great 30 for 30, by the way, as well. <laughs> yeah, Wyatt, very well done. Very well done there. Um, am I a 30 for 30 fan? Yes, 1,000%. Um, awesome. Absolutely love the 30 for 30s. I have yet to watch one that I haven't enjoyed. Um, they've just been they've just been great. Just as a matter of fact, last night, uh, as I was um, kind of winding down, I don't even know if it was on ESPN two or ESPNU, where, wherever it was, but Mike and the Mad Dog uh, Thirty for Thirty was on just last night, and it's one that I'd seen already. But you know, it's kind of like the Shawshank Redemption. You 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 see it, and it doesn't matter. It just pulls you in, and you sit there, and you end up watching it. And that's what usually happens with me obviously with Shawshank Redemption, because I just mentioned that, but <laughs> any of the 30 for 30s that, that are on, and that one pulled me in for the last 45 minutes that was on. And um, do I have a favorite? I, boy, I don't know. I guess um, maybe the one with the Fab Five I really enjoyed because oh, yeah. uh, those guys, are, I mean, I, I lived that at that time. Those guys are my age, or maybe I'm their age, however you want to say it. Um, so I, I kind of lived that at the time. Um, so the, the Fab Five one is probably one that is – I guess as meaningful to me as any of the others. Um, but yeah, I have yet to, to view a poor 30 for 30. I think there's uh, so many good ones out there. Everything from, you know, Pony Excess about the SMU football team. Uh, I mean, just you name it. I just absolutely love it. And, and as you mentioned with the NC State one that was on uh, not too long ago as well that, that sucked me in. Those are just fun watches and it, and it, and it takes you back to that time, which um, is always fun uh, and, and enjoyable too. So, um, and that's probably uh, as much as a part of the story as anything else. You know, you're you're learning about the story or reliving that, but it also takes you back to that time. And and when you're an old guy like me, that's uh, that's a lot of fun. I would uh, agree with that, Coach. My my two favorite thirty for thirties to tie at the top are I hate Christian Leitner and Fab Five, and they're happening during the same time period. <laughs> yeah. They're just from different yes. angles. So. Yes, the the Leitner one was also fantastic. One of yeah, one of the the very best ones. I couldn't agree more. So speaking, you know, college basketball at that level, and specifically, they're looking at the run in March and into April. And White and I always joke, you know, we love March Madness. We follow Division One basketball, but. It's not March Madness, it's the February frenzy in the UMAC, and this <laughs> nice. is the month that we wait all season for to get to, and when you look back to last season and how you guys caught fire going down the stretch, and I know you fell just a step shy, but we've kind of talked about it in passing a little bit, but want to give you an opportunity here to share, you've been at this for such a long time, 
you know in December that you want to get out of that hole as fast as possible and get some wins to move forward. But now that you are in February, I know it's nose to the grindstone and it's one day at a time like you said, but how would you answer the question to the people who ask, how do you constantly get your teams to be playing their best basketball when you head into February and you're down the stretch where you say, all right, we're going to get to that last week of February. I don't know if we're going to be the one, two, three, or four seed, but we're going to be in that conference tournament and we're going to be a tough out. Is that something you're thinking about maybe even more so now that we flip the calendar? What's the recipe to make sure that your team is playing its best basketball when it matters most? Yeah, that's a great question. And and um, we've been fortunate in my time here in my 17th year. We've, we've never missed the postseason tournament. And I'm knocking on wood. I hope that's not the kiss of death here this year. But um, it, that, that's something that, that we as a program are, are incredibly proud of, that, that we've never missed out on that thing. And and uh, we've always been able to finish in the top four. And and so we even with that, we don't take it for granted, you know, and that's something that we we work for. We are are thankful for the seasons when when we're able to, to make it to that point. And in terms of of, you know, the the recipe or whatever for for playing your best basketball at the time, uh, Coach Lou, my, my assistant coach, uh, associate head coach, actually, uh, reminds me all the time that that we are a program that continues to build and build. And so um, we do have that goal of playing as well as we possibly can late in the year. And um, I think some of that has to do with, with our non-conference schedule, as we have talked about. That kind of has a way of, of wearing you down. So maybe early we're a little bit more tentative and, and, and after a few wins we kind of, you know, it's kind of like that, that snowball going down the hill, right? You gain momentum, you gain speed, you gain confidence. Um, things are working for you. And you just hope to be peaking at the right time. And we were able to do that last year, even as a four seed. You know, we, we were able to, to win a good uh, playoff game here at home in the 5-4 matchup last year. And then we were fortunate enough to go on the road uh, to Bethany Lutheran, as we have talked about before, uh, and get that nice win there. So um, that is certainly the goal. One, number one, you, just, you have to get there. You know, so you can't think about winning in the tournament. Um, until you get there, and, and we're certainly a long way from that. We haven't, we certainly haven't solidified anything. We have a lot of, a lot of basketball to be played yet, and, and facing a lot of good basketball teams here these last three weekends. Um, but that is certainly our goal to get there, and once we're there, play the best basketball we can, and and uh, hopefully make it back to the national tournament. Coach, this is probably going to be a tough question for you to answer just with the way the season has gone, but what's impressed you most about this group? Just because of the way, you know, you mentioned it was a brutal non-conference schedule, then you have the start to conference play, now you're going on this big win streak through the ups and the downs and just everything that's happened. What's been the most impressive part about this group specifically and how they've handled it? Yeah, and Wyatt, it, it's it's actually a really easy answer uh, for you on, on this one, and that is um, the... 100% buy-in and unselfishness of everyone on the roster. Um, we have had various lineups, and I, I don't mean that in terms of various starting lineups, because you, you could look at our our uh, box scores and see primarily the, the same lineup when we've been healthy uh, has been what it is. But certain certain games and, and certain matchups might require um, how we use our bench differently. Do we want to go big? Do we want to go small? Um, are we going to be a little bit reactionary defensively to what they're doing on offense, or are we going to go on the offensive and make them react to us? Um, so doing those things might create opportunities for different people at different times. And so 
there's been times where, where we might have an individual play 18, 19, 20 minutes one game, and maybe it's three, four, five, or six the next game. And I don't hear boo from that individual. They are going to do everything they can to help this team, whether they're on the court for two minutes, 12 minutes, or 22 minutes. Um, and that is what I can say about people up and down our roster. And so the thing that has been most impressive to me is just the 100% buy-in that we have from all of our student athletes on this roster that will do absolutely anything they can for their team and their teammates uh, that will help us win games. So that would be the thing that I've been most impressed with um, has just been the, the, the team culture um, that we have, our environment. Again, coaches, coaches I think, uh, set the expectation for team culture, but we don't drive it. It is absolutely 100% driven by our student-athletes. And if we don't get buy-in from those student-athletes, well, then you, you don't have that positive culture, whether we want it or not. So um, even though that, that's an expectation of mine and, and we lay that out uh, for them, it is up to them to carry that out. It's up to our, our team leaders and everyone else on the roster to fully carry that through. And I can tell you um, unequivocally that, that that has been the most impressive thing about this team back when we were going through our very, very tough stretch, back when we were 0-3 in conference, and now after we've won some games and, and feel much better about where we're at. It's been that culture and that unselfishness uh, from everyone on our roster. Coach, as we look at matchups again coming up for you guys this weekend at home, first against undefeated Northwestern and then against North Central. It's two clubs that you get to see in a return meeting, and you mentioned before it seems like eons ago when we look back to those matchups <laughs> yeah. that happened in December and for wide and I mean we've talked about it off the mic on the mic as well where it seems like a long time ago as well all that is to be said clearly you like that you're getting them back at home in these matchups when you look at these two games I know you say you take it one day at a time you take it one matchup at a time but it feels like a totally different team because it is like you said for your squad what is it going to take though to get those one win, maybe two wins. I was going to say two wins to get success. I'll just leave it at that point this weekend. Because like you said, you don't sure. want to put too much into it because regardless of the results, you're still right in the thick of the playoff picture. But two tough opponents coming into your building this weekend, what is it going to take to find a way to have success? Yeah, and um, it's basketball is really a simple game. you know. And, and <laughs> actually, Aaron and I have joked quite often about, uh, um, you know, you – as as coaches, we try to find different ways to say the same thing 25 times throughout the year, right? Because uh, the importance of certain things doesn't change from game to game. Uh, we always want to keep our turnovers down. We always want to rebound well. Uh, we always want to play with intensity. And so where, where there might be an emphasis, maybe a certain different emphasis from game to game based on a matchup or something like that or or um, how you might defend something. Um, the game of basketball is really, really simple in that way And that, you know, if, if you go out and play good basketball, uh, if you make fewer mistakes, um, if you are, are, you know, making the hustle plays, uh, that's going to be good for you. You know, there, there's an old saying that goes, uh, victory favors the, the, the team that makes fewer mistakes, right? And, and so um, we are going to do the best we can to make our opponent 
make a bunch of mistakes. And we're going to do the best we can to prevent those things from happening uh, to us. So that's it's really simplistic, and I don't mean to not answer the question, but um, you know, when it, when it comes to, to that, it, it truly is. We want to go out and play the, the best brand of basketball we can. Um, and that might mean doing four, five, six different things defensively. It might mean doing one. Um, and it, it's going to depend on what's working that at that time and, and uh, just go out and do the very, very best we can against two fantastic basketball teams this weekend. All right, Coach. Well, last time I said it might be a tough question, you had an easy answer, so we'll see if this is a tough one or not. But uh, everything that's happened so far this year, this is the last question I got for you, by the way. What's been the best part of the season up to this point? Is it one specific moment or memory that sticks out so far? Is it this winning streak in general? What comes to mind when you think so far about the best part of the season? Oh, boy, that is a difficult question. Um, I think from a from a from a bird's eye view right now, uh, in terms of the season as a whole, um, our trip to California was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for our team, um, a lot of fun for me to be able to uh, take this group out there and, and not just play two basketball games and, and some practices, but um, to experience what we did out there was, was uh, just outstanding. And so 10 years from now, I'll probably forget about the games this season, but I will always remember that trip to California. So I think, I think from a bird's eye view, it's that. Uh, if you were to ask me specifically about kind of our our winning streak and where I thought we really um, showed up and kind of kind of proved that that we could be who we think we can be, I think it's our home game against uh, UW Superior. I think um, we played with such intensity. The, uh, that game and um, did a lot of things well defensively that that there were moments in that game where I just I kind of found myself just kind of saying wow you know like that's how I envisioned and, and, and coach Lou has said this to me as well that that's how we envisioned our team to be all year that Saturday afternoon here against UW Superior and and so it, it, it was I think it was that game that we kind of realized that yeah, we, we still have a chance. We have a chance to be as good as we think we can be. Uh, we have a chance to um, make our way into the tournament and then see what happens. So I think, uh, um, you know, on a, on a kind of more narrow look, I would say that would be uh, one of the moments. And on a more broader perspective, I think the trip to California. I'll wrap up uh, with this one, Coach. We talk so much on this pod about, you know, UMAC fans as a whole and speaking to the conference as a whole, and we do appreciate that, and, you know, basketball fans in general. But to wrap up, I want you specifically to answer this one talking to the Cougar fans who are listening to this one, Morris supporters. You got your club at 5-3. and three. You got your brother's club at 5-3 and three as well. And yeah. you got a fantastic February coming up. We don't know how it's going to end, but you're both right in the thick of the playoff picture. Multiple seeds could be had, you know, as high as this number, as low as this number. We don't know how it's going to end, but all that being said, what would you say to Cougar fans who are maybe on the fence about coming out to Gremmel's Court and checking out the action either Friday <laughs> night against Northwestern or Saturday at North Central or a future game? Give, give a message to Morris supporters, and you can give them a pat on the back for what's happened already, or... Give them a little nudge and say, like, hey, we, we want you to, to be here for this fun ride this month. Yeah, and I tell you what, our, our fan support has been good. And I don't know if it's, it's because of kind of the lack of home games that we had had prior, uh, but our, our 
crowd this weekend when we were home against Crown was really, really good. And you guys have talked about this too. Our, our gym is massive and we have so much seating. And, you know, I, I still say we get as many, if not more fans than anyone else does in the league. It's just very difficult to tell in the, the massive uh, Cougar Sports Center that we have. Um, with all due respect to Northwestern, they bring in a ton of fans too. And that would be probably the other place that, um, uh, we, that would certainly earn a, a, a tip of the cap there. Um, but in terms of coming out to watch us play, continue to do it. They, they see a really good brand of basketball. The, our men's team is so much fun to watch. Um, you never know when they're going to bust out and, you know, be in the mid-90s. Uh, and then at the same time, they, they, you know, show up Monday night against McAllister and only score 23 points the second half and, and lose by two. So it's just, uh, uh, I guess, different aspects to the game. Uh, but both teams are, are fun to watch, I think, for different reasons. Uh, we tend to hang our hat on our defense. Um, and you may be sitting watching a game and, and see us in four or five, six different things defensively and not really know what we're doing. And, uh, and that's okay because we hope that our opponent doesn't either at times. So um, the fan support's been great, but I would encourage them to continue showing up. We've got a great stretch of games here at home over the next two weekends, uh, none bigger than, than what we'll have uh, here Friday night and Saturday afternoon with the two fantastic teams coming in. Um, and not that we've necessarily touched on this yet, but, you know, we are sitting tied with North Central at five and three right now, and of course uh, uh, tied for second behind Northwestern, who is eight and zero. On the men's side, these three teams that are playing this week, us, Northwestern, North Central, they're all tied on the men's side at five and three as well. So uh, it's going to be hugely meaningful games this weekend. Come out and support the Cougs. We'd love to see you here. We couldn't have said it better ourselves. You heard the man, folks. Get on out to the uh, Cougar Sports Center Friday or Saturday and check out some uh, great basketball on both the women's and men's side of the coin. Coach, uh, best of luck on Friday night and Saturday as well and throughout the rest of the season. We uh, really do appreciate the time. We hope the referees show up uh, on time or in order for the uh, end of this weekend and that there's no further shenanigans with that. So, uh, again, thanks for the time. You are absolutely welcome. I didn't know if you'd bring that up, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a pretty unique situation here Monday night. And I tell you what, kudos to our athletic director Matt Johnson for making that game go at 6:15 for a seven o'clock tip. The men did not have officials, and uh, he was able to find us three highly qualified officials uh, for the men's game, which ended up tipping about 7:20 that night. And uh, so, yeah, kudos to our AD, Matt Johnson, for making that happen. And kudos for you guys. Keep up the great work. It's always a pleasure to join you. Uh, love what you're doing. Keep it up. Thanks, Coach.